0: What's going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mike everything sports-related podcast. Today is a very special day, and it is one of the last days we are going to be talking about this situation and the entirety of the... Catastrophe that has happened in the last three and a half to four years um, Today is January 10th, Monday, 2022 Following the 2021-2022 end of the Chicago Bears season We lost to the Minnesota Vikings And it was a tragedy It was the worst game I have seen in a very long time um, You know, from from just just overall expectations You know, you, you got Zimmer kneeling the ball I- Instead of giving Justin Jefferson the record-breaking uh, yardage in order to beat Randy Moss's all-time record, like that's that's fucking insane that that happened. Um, that's a conversation we're gonna be having as as, as an entirety. Um, but for the Bears to lose in the fashion that they did when they were up, what was it, fourteen to zero at one point? Um, that's, that's fucking ridiculous. And, and there's so much we can talk about, but that is not the storyline or the header for today. Today, we're going to be talking about something I've been waiting for, for a very long time. And I didn't know if it was going to be just one guy individually, or if they were going to go hand in hand. And today's the day. Nagy and Pace have been fired. Ryan Pace, general manager of the Chicago Bears, who brought in Matt Nagy, head coach of the Chicago Bears since 2018, have both been fired. They have been let go. It is over. The The reign of them is done. Um, and I'm so happy about it. And, and it means everything to me to know that um, Bears, Bears Nation heard us. They heard us. You know, the McCaskies had no other choice. Um, the, the biggest thing that, that I've been talking about for years now is, is just how Matt Nagy... From time and time again, has has used Mitchell Trubisky, Cody Parkey, Jordan Howard, um, and and, and at some points the defense, Chuck Pagano and the defense, um, as scapegoats to why he's bad and why he plays the way he plays. Um, now blaming the offensive line and all these other things, <clears throat> and in all actuality, the reason for his shortcomings can can all be described through one thing, and it's his ego and his and his understanding of what it takes to win a game. His overall fundamental aspect of what goes into that game and, and the game plan that goes within that. Now, we've talked about it time and time again. We're not going to brush into it. We're not going to have conversations, um, you know, just repeating, you know, just, just beating a dead horse, basically. We're not going to be repeating ourselves. Um, but when you blame Cody Parkey for the double doink, which I, I, I am not giving Cody Parkey any credit. I am not giving him a, a reason to still not be upset about that. You should be, you know what I mean? Like, you should have made that kick. Uh, there's no way, shape, or form where you're supposed to double doink in that situation. Now, the, the, here's the thing about it, though: Cody Parkey scored more points than Matt Nagy's offense did in that game, and Matt Nagy won Coach of the Year that year, went 12 and four. Um, so you're an offensive guru. You are the one, of, uh, the Andy Reid tree guy. You know you you are supposed to be the next great, uh, and you rushed the ball a total of 10 times between Mizell, Jordan Howard, Mitchell Trubisky, and Tariq Cohen, and Cunningham, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You made Mitchell Trubisky throw over 300 yards that game. You knew that wasn't his strengths, yet you did it. Uh, you could have slowed down the game. You could have you helped out the defense a lot. You know, they were without Eddie Jackson, and there were so many other things that went in that 2018 game. Um, and then again, we're going to have the same conversation going into it now. You know, you look at the Saints in, in 2020. You know, we go into the playoffs against the New Orleans Saints, and again, Matt Nagy's offense can't score over nine points. Like that is that's that's ridiculous. Uh, You know what I mean? And now you have David Montgomery. You know what I mean? You have Nick Foles. You have all these other individuals and you're still riding with Mitch because the Nick Foles experiment didn't work. The Andy Dalton experiment didn't work and the Justin Fields experiment didn't work. Um, And granted, he's a rookie, but it's still the same common conception that that you know no matter who you place in this system whether it's a mobile quarterback whether it's a field general whether it's a pocket passer whether it's um a little bit of both you know you are not going to get anything done with this offense you have alan robinson who just had a thousand yards the, the season prior running slants the majority of the season you know you have jimmy graham a red zone and a, an a, and a, and a end zone target <laughs> and he's not being targeted you have jesse james in the end zone on third down in the red zone like that's that's the reality of it. Um, and, and he had, what, over 10 touchdowns last year with with Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky. And now you're not giving Justin Fields, Jimmy Graham at all until, what, week 15, week 16 around Thanksgiving? Like, that's, that is fucking ridiculous. You know, you have Daz Newsome. Daz Newsome you drafted. Didn't use him. You have uh, Riley Ridley. I almost said Calvin. Uh, might have Calvin soon, though. Um, Riley Ridley really doesn't get any opportunities. You know what I mean? Khalil Herbert rushes for over 100 yards five weeks straight when David Montgomery goes down in 2021. And then when David Montgomery comes back, you just completely ignore all the production that Khalil Herbert just gave you. And, and you're not doing anything from the passing game. So you have to look at it from that perspective. And you have to understand there are so many things that went into Matt Nagy being fired than solely just this year. I hate this narrative of everyone saying um, the reason Matt Nagy got fired is because of this year and, and everything he was doing and the stunts he was pulling on fourth down and this, this and this. And where that is true, this has been a long time in coming. You know, and when you really look at it from the outside looking in, like the, the, you've used so many scapegoats and now you just ran out of people to blame. You know what I mean? Like, you tried blaming Justin. You tried blaming that the fact that he's a rookie and that all these other situations are coming forward. Um, and, but when and it comes down to it, at the end of the day, Sean Desai did a bang-up job. Sean Desai got Robert Quinn 19 sacks without Khalil Mack. Like, he was pretty doing pretty solid. You know, Eddie Jackson looked a lot better. You know, Thomas Graham Jr., another guy. We're going to be having him on the show very soon. I'm very excited about that. Um, but the biggest thing about that is, you know, you have Duke Shelley and, and Kendall Vildor, dog shit the entire year. And then <laughs> Thomas, Thomas Graham Jr. comes in and he's doing one-on-ones against Devonte Adams. He's doing one-on-ones against Justin Jefferson and others. And, and he, and he's holding his own. He's holding his own as a rookie. And, and it took 15 weeks and a bunch of COVID cases to get this kid in the field. That's on Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. That is on both of them. And, and, and to get into Ryan Pace, you're just, it's, it's, he doesn't know how to manage money. He doesn't, you know, when he had all the money in the world, he decided to give Mike Glennon, what, $50 million? <laughs> like, like, that's, that's what, that's what we did. That's what we're doing. Um, and, and then you give Robert Quinn this huge payday and sure, 19 sacks this year is fine. But at that age, no one was giving him that money. You know, you look at what he's given Andy Dalton and Nick Foles and other people. And that's why you had to get rid of Kyle Fuller and all these other situations um, you know, and, and it's definitely something to where you look at it. And, and from a financial standpoint, I just think he's horrible at managing money. I think he gives money to people in all the wrong places. Uh, Khalil Mack is, is one of the good ones he gave money to. Um, but it's definitely something, you know, I, I'm so blessed that he didn't give Alan Robinson the, the uh, the contract he was looking for and he just franchise tagged him. But honestly, at this point, I, I would have been better off if we didn't even franchise tag Allen Robinson. Like, he really didn't do anything for us anyways, so it wouldn't have really made a difference. Um, but, yeah, with that being said, you know, they they go hand in hand because you are the guy that hired Matt Nagy. You are the guy that picked Mitchell Trubisky. And still, instead of telling Matt Nagy, I need you to make this kid work, you allowed him, okay, I'll give you Nick Foles. Oh, okay, I'll give you Andy Dalton. Oh, okay, I'll give you Justin Fields. And at some point, you have to understand, like, that's on you. You know, you, you went through Vic Fangio, you went through Chuck Pagano, you went through Sean Desai, and now there's a chance that we might go see a fourth off uh, a defensive coordinator in the last four or five years. And Khalil Mack's not going to stand for that. Robert Quinn and all those boys are going to be pissed. Like, they're, I'm tired of these guys having to go through year in and year out of change. That is why it's always something, oh, this is a new team. This is a new system. This, this, and this. Olin, Cat, Briggs, and Brown, and everybody else on ESPN 1000 say it time and time again, you just need consistency. Like, you just need something real, a real identity, a real game plan, and something to offer. If you don't have that, and every single week you're going into, okay, we're going to find the whys, like Matt Nagy always says, the whys, and we call it here the why the fucks. Why the fuck are you still here? Why the fuck are we still trying to figure out what to do 15 weeks into the season? That's the problem. Um, so to me, they go hand in hand. And also, obviously, you know, I, I'm a Mitchell Trubisky supporter, not a believer. Um, so I do believe that it wasn't all his fault. But I also do believe that you could have won with him. I believe he was a serviceable quarterback. You could have went to, you know, we've seen Bortles do it. We've seen golf do it. We've seen many other people do it to where they get to championship games, conference championship games being led by a greatly constructed team a well coached team a well-balanced team and a good defense that's that's what'll get you there um and and unfortunately you just didn't have the head coach that understood that he was trying to force this kid to be what he's not but it's also your fault for taking him instead of patrick mahomes tj watt christian mccaffrey you know even deshaun watson jamal adams whoever it may be you know it, it to blindside everybody and to take a kid that had 12 starts at unc out of all places not a very talented place for football uh Sam Howell is good. I like Sam Howell. Um but even there, like you don't know what Sam Howell is going to be. Um and, and it's a it's a conversation of are we willing to bet on this kid? But why would you bet on him when Deshaun Watson already won a national championship with Clemson and Davos Sweeney in a good division, you know what I mean? Like in a good conference at that as well, playing teams like Alabama, Ohio State, so on and so forth. Um even UNC. Like it's 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 a weird it's a weird combination of things that happen. Um and then, you know, the Khalil Mack thing. I love Khalil Mack, but let's not act like Ryan Pace was, you know, was it was stealing this man like you offered the future and then you paid him over 100 million dollars. So in all actuality, you just did the most of what everyone else was willing to do. And, and it was a good trade. Don't get me wrong. But it's a situation to where I can't really praise you for it. You didn't finesse anybody. You know what I mean? Like you made a good move and, and a rare move because things like that don't typically happen. Um, also, if you like this hoodie, I just want you guys to know while I adjust myself, uh, you can definitely find this hoodie on teespring.com, Mike on the Mike podcast. Definitely support the merch if you like it. We got phone cases, AirPod cases, uh, hoodies, t-shirts, socks, pants, hoodies. Um, I said hoodies. Uh, hats, I mean beanies, whatever you need. We got it. So definitely find that out. Uh, if you need help finding it, shoot me a message. I'll help you out. Um, it's, 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 definitely, it's definitely a dope experience having my own merch now. But with that being said, to get back on the topic, like, let's talk about the main focus right now. And to me, that's the future. The future of the Chicago Bears. Um, there were a lot of firings today. One was, one was very skeptical. Um, Brian Flores. Brian Flores of the Miami Dolphins. Now, obviously, he wins his first game against the New England Patriots. And then loses seven games straight. And then wins seven games straight. And then loses in the end. But with that being said, it's it's a tricky conversation. See, here's here's how I look at it. Not to get off topic. Um, but when Brian Flores gets fired, I view it as more of the quarterback situation. It's it's a situation to where Tua Tungaba, respectfully, you know, coming out of Alabama with Nick Saban at that age of twenty-something years old. Um, already having a broken hip and a hip surgery, like that's that's a big deal. And then he's left-handed. And then you know there's all these other things that he's having like, just problems reading defenses and other problems like that. Um, Brian Flores, as good as a head coach as he was, I I think he's great. Uh, his record is twenty three and twenty five with zero playoff experience, and he's a defensive-minded head coach. The problem with that, when you have a quarterback like Tua is I think, you know, the GM is obviously banking on Tua because he got a lot of flack for taking Tua to begin with. Um, The problem with it is you need someone who understands how to mold a quarterback, someone who can fix Tua, who, someone who can disguise Tua's issues. And, and uh, an average to below average offensive coordinator and a defensive-minded head coach isn't going to get that done. So I feel like Brian Flores lost his job, not because of his performance and not because of anything he specifically did, but because they they are banking on Tua. And I think the biggest thing right now is I think they're in on Deshaun Watson. I think they could be in on Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo, whoever. Uh, Because obviously they have Parker, Stills, uh, not Stills, um, Parker, Fuller, Waddle, Gaskins, uh, Gesicki, and others. You know what I mean? They have a stacked offense. Don't get me wrong. And and they're going to beef up that offensive line, hopefully. Um, They have the money to at least in free agency and, and the draft capital. But if they're rolling with Tua, they need to be able to build something off it. So let's say Watson doesn't work out let's say Russell Wilson doesn't work out, none of those situations work out, and you're stuck with Tua, what is Brian Flores going to do to make them better? I truly don't think there's anything he can do, and that's not his fault. You know, he's not a quarterback whisperer. He is not the, what Matt Nagy thought he was. He's not a quarterback whisperer, offensive guru, quarterback guru. He's, he's nothing like that. Um, now, an Eric Bieniemy, an Eric Bieniemy, uh, a left witch, a, a Brian DeBall, a, a something along those lines, Uh, Jim Harbaugh, even, is a conversation to guys who understand how to disguise the issues that are in within some of these quarterbacks play. Like there's issues with Tua and his mobility. There's issues with Tua and his accuracy and his decision making. And, And I feel like that's something when you don't have a real run game, you can't disguise. So that's why I feel like they moved on from that. Um, it's also a situation to where if the GM moves on from Tua, he looks like a fucking idiot, unless you get like a Deshaun Watson and we don't know if Deshaun Watson's allegations are going to, what's going to come of that. Uh, we're not going to get into that until we know the facts, but we, we, there, there, there's no idea. There's no idea right now what's going to happen. Um, so that's why I think guys like Brian Flores get fired. Now, Vic Fangio, same situation, you know, Drew Locke, nothing's going to change. There's nothing Vic Fangio can do to make Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater better. Um, and, and Zimmer, Zimmer got fired as well. That guy's just ass. Like, that's, that's, that's just how it is. That that team was too talented. Kirk Cousins was too good this year for you to miss the playoffs. Uh, it's been four years and, and five years since you made the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and you cannot have that happen. So with that being said, um, Bears future head coaches. Bears future head coaches. And we're going to get into that just a little bit. The future. What are we looking at now? Here's me personally from the outside looking in, uh, not trying to be a biased fan. We've already heard from George McCaskey today in a press conference that Ted Phillips will remain working for the Chicago Bears. And I think that is another step in the wrong direction. I feel like Ted Phillips is a part of the, uh, the issue. Um, there's a lot of different ways this can go. And there are a lot of different individuals that I think are are deserving of the job of a general manager. But before we bring in a head coach, um, we need a general manager. And I think that's an obvious statement. I think that's something you really look at it and, and you have to ask yourself this, um, you know, what what are we trying to do? What is the biggest thing right now? Um, and, and I think with that, I'm pulling it up right now. That's why I'm looking down. So pardon me for that. Um, but it's something where you have to look at it and you have to understand, you know, why are we doing what we're doing? Now, here's the thing. Morocco Brown is is a general manager conversation that they're having. The Chicago Bears are expected to talk with him this season um, for a GM search, this offseason, I should say. Now, if you don't know him right now, um, he's the Colts director of college scouting. Now, that's, that's his official title. Now, from 2001 to 2007, he was Chicago's assistant director of pro personnel. Um, so I, I definitely do think that with their... There's a sense of identity and a sense of success because he did have success with that, you know, and they have drafted accordingly with the Indianapolis Colts, you know, whether it be Quentin Nelson, whether it be Jonathan Taylor, so on and so forth. Pascal, the the list goes on and on. Um, They've drafted very well. So I, I look at it like that. And, and I would definitely give Morocco Brown an opportunity, especially because we did go to the Super Bowl in 2006. He was here till 2007. Um, so I, I definitely do think there's a familiarity there. And, and that is the one person I would want to bring back. Um, so right now, we'll leave it at that. There's obviously Tony Dungy and a bunch of other candidates. You know, some people are saying Peyton Manning. Um, you know, there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of conversations to be had. Um, but I think one of them is is morocco brown i think that would be a good place to start because he does understand what it's like to be a part of that winning culture and be a part of something that's good he's been a part of a scouting department now um he's been a part of the personnel he understands what it's like he's getting a little bit of everything he's tasted a little bit of everything so i think morocco brown um, is definitely one of those situations where I think we should mo- look moving forward. Uh, not to say that that's set in stone. This is just my first take opinions on who I think I would interview first. Um, I definitely see where he's at in his space right now. Pick his brain a little bit, see what direction he would go with the team. Um, and next up is the team the team itself. I've said this time and time again we don't have the most cap space this year. We don't. Um, Going into it, I have a list written down. I got my little Sharpie. I'm going to write down the names um, of guys that should be retained on the Chicago Bears. Now, guys that you're keeping not looking to trade or cut ties with are, number one, obviously, Justin Fields, David Montgomery. We're going to go from offense to defense, by the way. Uh, Justin Fields, David Montgomery, Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, Daz Newsome, Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum, James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, uh, Khalil Herbert, and then maybe on a cheap deal, Marquise Goodwin. That's it. Everybody else can go. Allen Robinson, gone. Jimmy Graham, gone. Dalton Foles, gone, gone. Even though I love Andy. He's a great guy. Nick's a great guy as well. Um, but just $10 million each, goodbye. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't need that. We don't need that. We don't need that right now. Um, especially in this, in this financial point of it right now. Now, here's where things get tricky. On the defensive side of things, as much as I love Akeem Hicks, let him walk. Too injury-prone. It's just it's just unfortunate to see him go down that way. He is the heart and soul of the Chicago Bears defense, um, and, and it's very unfortunate. He is a true Chicago Bear. Um, but you have to cut ties where ties are cut, um, and, and it's just going to continue to get worse, I think, for his health, uh, and you hate to see it. It's very similar to a Kyle Long-type situation. Like You are good. You're just never on the field. Uh, so, Akeem Hicks, I love and appreciate everything you did for Chicago. You're one of my favorites um, of definitely my decade. Um, but – My biggest thing right now is what are we going to do? What are we going to do on defense? Now, here's my thing. Robert Quinn just had 19 sacks, 19 and a half sacks, something like that. Trade him. He gets paid a lot of money. You're getting a new GM who's already tight on money. You know what I mean? You have a bunch of rookies. You cut ties with Akeem Hicks. You cut ties with uh, Gibson. Uh, That'd be Tashawn Gibson. Um, You know what I mean? Danny Trevathan cut ties with Danny Trevathan. Trade Khalil Mack. Trade Robert Quinn, and the only people you keep on this defense are Roquan Smith, Jalen Johnson, Thomas Graham Jr. because he's a rookie, and um, Travis Gibson, and Tonga. I love Tonga. Um, and and then Bilal Nichols. I'll say Bilal Nichols as well. Other than that, everybody else can go. Eddie Jackson, the whole nine yards. Kendell Vildor, <laughs> uh, Duke Shelley. Everybody can go. I could give a shit about any of them. Um, so yeah, that's that's really where I'm at right now. Um, I think that brings up a lot of money. I think obviously you already have your hogs as your rookies and your tackles and Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins. You already have James Daniels, only 23 years old. You have Cody Whitehair as your uh, Pro Bowl All Pro center. So that's solid. You really just need a right guard or a left guard or whoever you want to put where. Um, a little bit of depth. Maybe you bring in Jason Peters on a cheap deal. He's not starting. He's not starting. Jermaine Ifedi, goodbye. Um, But Jason Peters can stay just for a veteran leadership type role, Um, but definitely not starting or getting paid starting money. Um, But with that being said, I I definitely think you look at it, you have to blow up this defense. I've said it time and time again. Now keep Roquan, keep the rookies, keep Jalen. And other than that, and Bilal, and other than that, it's gone. Like I love Mac, but if you can get a still get a first round pick or two from Khalil Mac, or maybe a few seconds and thirds, I'm perfectly fine with that because we don't have a first round pick this year. It goes to the Giants, um, and and that's very unfortunate. So if you can get something for Khalil Mac, get something for Khalil Mac. If you can get something for Robert Quinn, even if it's a third, fourth round pick, get something for Robert Quinn. You get that money off the books. You get that money from Khalil off the books. That frees up over fifty to a hundred million dollars, like. And and by that I mean not just those two, but you know, Akeem, Eddie, all these other individuals on the defense. It helps. And if you're getting rid of Sean Desai, anyways, which is a possibility because Vic Fangio is now a free agent. Um, and bringing him back as defensive coordinator is definitely something I would be interested in. Um, that's that's definitely in the realm of possibilities of of why 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 are we doing this? You know what I mean? So um, I think we can bring in free agents, you know, that are relatively cheap and and build up this defense again. Um, and that's perfectly fine. But I think the monsters of the midway need to be predicated on the offense. And, and that's what needs to change. That's, that's been everything to me. Um, that's been the problem for years is it's always defensive-minded. Always defensive-minded and running the ball. But that's why we don't win a Super Bowl. The majority of the time, the team that wins a Super Bowl, look at the 49ers when they went to the Super Bowl. They lost to who? Patrick Mahomes because he airs it out. They barely even ran the ball. You know, they didn't even have CEH. They didn't even have Kareem Hunt. They just ran the ball. They had a great defense on the 49ers. They had a great offensive coordinator in Kyle Shanahan. But unfortunately, Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't hold it down. Um, and, and that's just the reality of it. And their run game couldn't help them as, as that long. You know what I mean? So it, it's definitely something to me where you have David Montgomery, you have Khalil Herbert, and I love Tariq Cohen, but we got to cut ties with Tariq Cohen as well. You have not played in almost two basically two seasons really like because you only played a couple games in 2020 and then you know you tore your acl you didn't play at all in 2021 you're getting paid five million dollars a year three million uh three year 15 million dollar deal we can get a we can get a running back in the seventh round that's not five six that is six foot tall and plays like that's that's no shot at Tariq Cohen but it's just the reality of things is why am I paying you five million a year to do nothing and then if you did lose that explosiveness if you did lose that mobility you're just respectfully you're just undersized and 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 not helping at this position especially with the emergence of Khalil Herbert Artavius Pierce uh, and David Montgomery like there's no room for him here so it's time to move on it's time to move on from everything Um, but with that being said you know we're we're still going to continue to talk about the future head coaching candidates right now that i would interview number one jim harbaugh is definitely one of those guys i would interview former chicago had a 44 19 and 1 record if i'm not mistaken uh as as the San Francisco 49ers head coach. You know, he beat Green Bay four out of the four times he played them. Uh he was a former Chicago Bear. His mentor was Mike Ditka. His head coach was Mike Ditka. He was the uh Chicago Bears quarterback, backup quarterback from 1987 to 1992. Um so or 93. I believe it was 93 cuz Ditka got fired in 92. Um but it it's definitely a situation you need to look at it and you need to understand from my point of view is this guy knows how to deal with mobile quarterbacks because that's what he did with Colin Kaepernick, and he brought them to a Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it, it's definitely a tricky situation to the point that I think this would be the best team he's ever had in the NFL from an offensive perspective and, and, and a core of talent. I think it would be the best. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, obviously, Jim, uh, Jim Harbaugh, I almost said McMahon. Um, wouldn't that be dope? But uh, Brian DeBall, offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills, I think the only thing he's really missing, I think he's done well with Josh Allen, constructing Josh Allen with Josh McDermott, head coach. Um, the only thing I think is they don't have a run game, and that's why I think his offense looks one-dimensional. Uh, Moss is still a rookie, still always banged up, single Terry, like Tariq Cohen, he's undersized, and he just isn't that guy anymore. Um, so I definitely do look at it from that perspective, and I think overall this team can be great. We just need to bring in the right guy. Eric Bieneme, I would love. Um, but I don't want to touch anything from the Andy Reid tree ever again. Even though I think Eric Bieneme is the real deal. Um the thing with Eric is Matt Nagy was like, oh yeah, I worked under I worked under Andy Reid. But like he didn't do anything with Andy Reid. Now, Eric Bienemy. You know, he won a Super Bowl before. He's been the two Super Bowls. He had an MVP season with Patrick Mahomes where he threw over fifty touchdowns. Like you did things with Tyree Kill and, and, and Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt and CEH and Sammy Watkins and Patrick Mahomes and so on and so forth. You've done great things. So he actually has a legitimate resume. I just don't know if the Bears would be willing to do that. The same way I don't think they'll ever take a quarterback out of UNC ever again. Um, but yeah, with that being said. You know, um, I also think Witch is an interesting conversation. Uh, Brian Flores is now a very, very interesting conversation for the Chicago Bears. Um, But it's that same conversation of defensive-minded, why are we doing that? Um, You know, especially if this defense is regressing and if it's it's not what it was of old. um, At that point, you might as well just bring back Vic Fangio because at least he's been around the guys before. Um, But yeah, with that being said, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things that can happen this off season. Um, and the one thing I'm mainly happy about is, is to know that Darnell Mooney, congratulations on your 1000 yards season. Uh, that's my guy. i so happy for him. And, and I think free agency wise, you know, we're not going to get too deep in the free agency because that's a video for another day. Um, but you know, d- depending on how much financial money we have, I would love to give money to a Chris Godwin, to, um, a Kirk, Christian Kirk from the from the Arizona Cardinals. I believe his name's Christian. Um, but and and get those two wide receivers in there with Darnell Mooney. Obviously, Chris Godwin's gonna miss probably half the season or more. Um, but if you get him on a four or five year deal, three to five year deal, I should say, uh, that's in the realm of realism. Um, I I think that that definitely does set us up for the future. You have Chris Godwin, Darnell Mooney, uh, Kirk, uh, Cole Komet. You know what I mean? David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert. Like the list goes on. Daz Newsome. Uh, we'll see what happens with him um and justin fields and you bring in an offensive lineman obviously you're gonna bring in a guard um because you already have your center you already have your tackles you already have james daniels as your left or right guard um so i definitely do think at the end of the day we're pretty set i just think we need one more established guard who's a veteran who's proven who's still productive not just a veteran like jason peters who's producing we need someone like that because we don't have the draft capital for it um and that's another reason why you trade Khalil Mack is to get the draft capital for it. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely something I think looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to this team, what this team means, what this team has to offer in the future. Ryan Pace, thank you for everything. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be totally disrespectful. Thank you for putting the Bears back on the map for the first time in a little bit. Um, it really was tough. You know, the dark ages were real. Um, and, and you did construct a good team. Unfortunately, there were two places you missed head coach, and quarterback. And, and that was the, that. was the main problem. And, and if you would have brought in, you know, a Bruce Arians, if you would have brought in a, you know, a Deshaun Watson, a Patrick Mahomes, I hate to say that, but it's the truth. Even a Jimmy Garoppolo. I think we win the Super Bowl in 2018. I truly do. Um, so I won't hold that against him forever. But it's definitely something where I'm looking at it right now. And you have to understand from my perspective – There's nothing anybody can say to me to ever say that Matt Nagy was a good coach because he threw guys under the bus time and time again. Now, he's a good players coach. He cares about his players, but he does not take accountability for anything. And he doesn't learn from anything. Uh, So that's my biggest thing. Again, it's a great day. I will always remember January 10th, 2022 uh, as the day Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace got fired. And hopefully this is the beginning to a whole new era and a whole new regime. Again, uh, before I go, I just want to say, for everybody who doesn't know, I became the president of the ASAP Plus Network. Now, ASAP Network, I have worked for with Freddie Henderson, Jay Ness, Ray Cruz, and many others for the, about the last year and a half, about. Um, and, and it's been nothing but amazing shows on television, on Roku TV, Amazon Prime, uh, on social media, on YouTube, any other you know social media platform. We're there. Um, and we launched the ASAP Plus Network, which is a spinoff of the ASAP Network. And just to get more shows, more variety, more fun, uh, gambling shows, all women's shows, so on and so forth. And that is launching today. So I'm having a great day um, so far. No, knock on wood. Um, but it's definitely something I'm really excited about. We are going to be having an all women's sports show. It's not just about women's sports. It's about men's sports, everything, but it's only hosted by women, strong women, amazing women, Alana Trapp from Chicago, and now in California is hosting the show. There will be guests like Kelsey Nicole. There will be Carolina Teague, LaDonna, and many other individuals that will be on this show. Dana Evans, who's been out on the podcast before of the Chicago Sky WNBA champion, and many others will hopefully be joining the show very soon. So definitely check out the ASAP Plus Network on all social media platforms on Roku TV. You can check out the ASAP. Asap network as well. You can always find me there. I do shows there five to six days a week Um, you can check me on the morning shows You can check me in the afternoon probably around seven central eight central is usually when i'm on uh during the week Um weekends i'm on on saturdays. I know for a fact i'm not on, on saturdays and I don't think i'm on on fridays um, but With that being said, definitely check that out. Again, if you want to check out the merch, always check out the merch. Um, You know, it's on teespring.com. I can type in Mike on the Mike podcast. You'll find it there. Uh, I do truly appreciate all the support you guys throughout this season. You know, it's been fun talking about the Bears, even though it's so tiring. Even making this video right now, like I'm not even that excited about it because I've just been talking about these guys for so damn long. Um, But yeah, you know, um, real quick, just to give one word to our sponsor, our last football talk of the year. Thank you to Bench Mob Chicago. If you don't know Bench Mob Chicago, they are an amazing amazing Chicago Bulls fan page. They have an amazing website. They make amazing merch. I'm not wearing it right now, but they have bracelets uh, hoodies, pants, socks, everything of Benchmob Chicago. They do everything from Bench Mobber of the night, which the other night I believe was Kobe White. Uh, they do the best bench player of the Chicago Bulls. They cover everything from stats, trades, COVID, um, box scores, everything, waiver wires, everything. They cover it all. Check them out on every social media platform. You can see me sharing their stuff, or you can see that I follow and repost their stuff all the time on Instagram. So definitely check that out. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, social media, anywhere you want to find them. You can find them even on their website, um, so again, thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. It's been another amazing Bears season, and I couldn't have done it without you guys. So I truly do appreciate that. Hopefully, by the next year, when we're talking about actual Bears football, we will have a head coach that we are proud of, a front office that we're proud of, and a future that's brighter than all fuck. Because Aaron Rodgers is hopefully out of Green Bay, You know, Zimmer's out of, out of Minnesota, and Detroit is Detroit. So with that being said, thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Bear down.